Hey there, and welcome to Talking Out. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Steve Newsom. Thanks for t- uh, listening in with us. We uh, have a great show ahead of you. Uh, one quick announcement. Uh, keep in mind that we have joining our program on May 25th. We'll be actually live uh, here with Jim Obergefell, Mr. Marriage himself. We're going to be live. We'll be on Periscope. We'll be here. Look for us. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, Talking Out. Thank you so much. Uh, we're really excited about that, uh, that program. Today, we have a very important guest. Uh, Her name is Linda Sider. She is the executive director of Caracol, which is an organization here in Cincinnati that works with uh, people living with HIV and AIDS, and they do very, very important work. Linda, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's nice to see you, Steve. Thanks for having me. So I think we should do just a quick overview on what Caracol is and what you guys do there. All right. Well, we've been around for 29 years, and we started out as a very small housing agency, basically taking care of people as they passed away from HIV, unfortunately. This was way back in the 80s. Um, Things were terrible. And at that time, the um, average uh, lifespan for people after they were diagnosed was about two years. So we um, basically were established to give people a comfortable place to die with care and dignity. And since then, fortunately, things have changed so much with um, just treatment options for people living with HIV that um, we grew to um, providing permanent housing, which was unheard of when we first began. Um, Right now we have 130 units of permanent supportive housing um, in several counties, mostly Hamilton, but other counties as well. Um, short-term rental and mortgage assistance for people who fall on hard times related to their HIV and their their medical needs, Um, and case management. That's the core service that essentially everyone who comes to us receives. Um, We provide case management for people living with HIV, and really the ultimate goal with that is to keep people healthy and reduce viral load. Um, So viral load suppression is really about everything that we do whether it's our housing, you know, putting a roof over someone's head so that they can then pay attention to their medical needs, or um, case management, clearly, literally taking people by the hand if need be and walking them through the medical system and helping them access the really ridiculously expensive medications that they need to stay alive. Sure. Um, And then most recently, uh, we are um, in the prevention realm now. So. Absolutely. And we'll talk about that okay. uh, in the, the next few minutes or so. Um, with your case management, uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, you know, what goes into that uh, in terms of shepherding these people through the medical system and getting access to, to medications and how much work really goes into each and every case? Oh, that's a great question. And each and every case is so vastly different, and that's one of the things that we really value is the individuality with which we can treat our clients. Um, Everybody's situation is so different, and we just have a broad spectrum of people that we serve. So um, in terms of an overview, we serve about 1,500 people annually. We have a case management staff of 21 and growing, uh, unfortunately. And essentially, there are some people who come to us who, you know, have insurance maybe through their employee, employer or the ACA, yet they have huge co-pays. And so they come to us, they enroll in case management, and we can help them with those co-pays and figure out how to get their medication. That's one spectrum. That's, that's some of the people that we serve. And then we have some people, too, who just like that touchstone of having someone that they can go to 
when they're in crisis, that they have pretty stable lives, but like the idea of being able to pick up the phone or come in and see someone and talk intimately about how HIV is affecting their lives um, with someone who knows them well and has followed them for 10, 15 years in some cases. And that's a really powerful relationship. And then we have some people who may have huge barriers, such as severe and persistent mental illness or substance abuse issues, um, homelessness, um, generational poverty, just huge barriers. And for them, the situation is very different. And that's where, um, you know, again, we have the flexibility to provide really intensive case management. Um, we have some clients that see their case manager weekly or call in weekly or, you know, keep cycling through crisis. And we're able to be there for them, which is, which is really important. So you can imagine someone who's living with severe mental illness who is in and out of the care system in terms of their mental health. Um, you know, they, and they're unable to be compliant with their medication. One, they might not be able to afford it, or, you know, they're too mentally ill to be compliant. Um, they're in and out of care. They may, you know, do well for a while, disappear from us, from their doctor, you know, fall out of care, um, and literally need to be taken by the hand and, you know, re-engaged with the mental health system for stability. Um, that might be hospitalization. It might not be. But also, you know, taking that person to their appointment at the Infectious Disease Center, wow. whether it's at UC Health, TriHealth, Christ Hospital, wherever, and literally, you know, providing transportation. And what we're about is really reducing every barrier so that people can get care, whatever that might be for the individual. Yeah, it seems like you guys really are doing uh, a lot of things that are above and beyond what any other service organization uh, seems to do. I mean, taking people to appointments and, you know, it, it seems like you're doing a lot of things that are related to the work uh, that you're doing with HIV and AIDS, but it's all of these other things that, that sort of prop it up, right? Right, exactly. Um, again, it's all about reducing barriers. And we're really lucky that we're funded to do this. I mean, this really is the essence of the uh, case management funds that we receive. It's all about viral load suppression and however we can do that, however we can accomplish that. Yeah. We and also have interesting data looking at our housing programs, and um, we can literally trace the um, decrease in viral load with length of time in housing. Really? From a data standpoint. That's interesting. Yeah, which common sense will tell you that's true, but now we're able to say, look, Here's the data to prove that that's true. Sure. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, we, we talked about that in a, a, a previous episode. We had uh, uh, Mike Morosky uh, come in, and we talked a lot about homelessness and how that affects, you know, job and uh, family and everything. So and that the housing component of your life is really the one thing that leads to the most stability. So, yeah, I mean, now that I think about it, it, it does make perfect sense. Mm -hmm. uh, can you talk to us a little bit about what you guys are seeing on the ground level uh, here in, in greater Cincinnati. Are we seeing increasing rates? Are we seeing uh, rates of infection? Are we seeing a decrease? Kind of give us a lay of the land on, on where we're at with uh, how many people uh, or you know, the, the rates uh, at which people are uh, contracting HIV. Sure. Um, the, the rates have remained fairly steady, actually. Um, yet there are more people infected because people are living with the disease. Um, so that's kind of the good news, is that the rates have not gone up, but they haven't changed. That's the bad news. Um, we've not made much inroad in terms of, of getting the prevention message out, particularly for younger people. So a trend that we're seeing is younger people are being infected, which fits the national 
trend. Um, African Americans are more likely to be infected than white mm -hmm. people. I actually um, read a statistic uh, three days ago that said that one in two African American men uh, would contract HIV. That is horrifying. Yeah, it's yeah, crazy. Yeah, I've heard numbers that are somewhat similar and um, maybe a little less than that, but still really horrifying. And so we've kind of missed this generation in terms of, I think, sex education, prevention messages. Um, they just, but we have to teach abstinence only, Linda. I know, and it's so proven to just be so pray effective. It away. Just pray it away. Yeah, and I really think that that's contributed to this. I do. <laughs> I do. Yeah, I mean, um, it, it, it directly correlates. I mean, there's all of the studies show mm. that. So, that's, but we keep uh, doing it. <laughs> yeah, you know, but that uh, that sort of segues us into uh, you know where we're heading with uh, your newest service. Uh, you guys are now in the in the prevention end uh, and the testing end. Uh, is we that right? Are. Yes. As of April 1st of this year. Got it. And where can uh, folks go if they want to get a free and anonymous test? to our office and you don't need an appointment although you can make one if you want it's um, 4138 Hamilton Avenue in Northside in Cincinnati Great. Um, and then we also um, do community-based testing at various events and bars and that kind of thing very good now you guys haven't always been in the, the prevention side of things this is something that's uh, new for you and you used to be partnered up with uh, our friends at Planned Parenthood Absolutely. Uh, to do this uh, testing and prevention work. But our good friend, John Kasich, our great, fabulous, compassionate, conservative governor, when he cut the funding from Planned Parenthood, uh, ended up affecting uh, the LGBT community uh, because Planned Parenthood was no longer able uh, to offer these services. So Absolutely. You guys have picked those up, which is great. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, how those conversations went and uh, just some of the challenges that, that both you and Planned Parenthood have faced uh, in getting uh, this prevention off the ground? Sure. Um, that's a great question. Well, we've been partnered with Planned Parenthood for the past five years. When Stop AIDS um, no longer could provide services and their grants became available, we applied for the grants on the care side and collaborated with Planned Parenthood, they applied for the grants on the prevention side. And we both, thought, you know, we're excited about our partnership, like the idea that um, we could share services in this community and collaborate. Um, it was a great partnership um, with great people and, you know, a great organization. So we really felt confident about that. And then um, House Bill 294 came up this past fall and unfortunately it was signed by the governor in February. It goes into effect uh, May 22nd. And we had been talking to Planned Parenthood because you know there's always talk about defunding them. And again, the, this, the only uh, control that the state has over Planned Parenthood is defunding a very small portion of what they do. It does not affect their core services. I, it scares me because I hear people saying, well this means Planned Parenthood won't exist anymore. That's not true. This is their education and prevention services, basically. And it's really important, but again, it's not their core services. So they will continue to, to exist, uh, thankfully. But um, this bill was signed by the governor, as you said. And even before that, we were talking to the administration of Planned Parenthood, like, what if, what if, what if? Because um, this talk about this was looming. And then, unfortunately, with um, the craziness that came up about the selling fetal body parts, which of course, I don't even need to say this to you, has been proven to be not true. That just fueled the state legislature 
to really push this bill through. Right. And, and we don't have uh, much of a, a defense group up there right now. We have no. uh, about one, uh, two-thirds of the legislature, rather, is uh, Republican-controlled. So. Right. So it unfortunately passed both houses with very, very little opposition, although I was really proud of the people who spoke out against it. Um, but so we've been working with Planned Parenthood about if the worst happens, what do we do? And so, you know, because we have such a good, trusted, collaborative relationship, we were able to do that. And, and they know that we're not happy about this, that, you know, we would only assume these services if they can't. Um, and we'll miss that partnership. So as of May 22nd, their sign needs to come off our door. Our funding will be threatened if we continue to affiliate or partner with them. And over the past, well, since we moved into our new space three and a half years, Planned Parenthood um, sublet two offices from us um, where they did their prevention activities, uh, which was great. Um, and, of course, now they don't need to do that because we have those activities. But, you know, it was, it's, it's been a positive transition in terms of services, but sad for both organizations. Yeah, and I, I think it underscores why we need to be more strategically aligned as the LGBT community with organizations like Planned Parenthood. Absolutely. Uh, because they do interchange so much. Yes. And, you know, it, it's not You're just right. about women's reproductive health, even though right. that's the, the one that they always get the, mm -hmm. the rancor for. Uh, but it's really about having a healthy community overall. Absolutely. Absolutely. They are committed to services for people who could not afford them otherwise. Yeah. I mean, I can think of a number of other things that we would want to cut uh, before this one, but obviously, you know, it's a political uh, it's, it's a political decision uh, within the budget, and these guys wanted to score points with the right to life people, and you know, try to make up for uh, screwing up the heartbeat bill and all these other things that uh, that the right to life community has been screaming about. But um, I think it's important work. And obviously, it's going to impact you guys. Uh, obviously, because now you have to do the services, you're absorbing their people, and you're, you know, I'm assuming losing revenue, right, from the sublet. Well, here's here's the tricky part for us is, um, again, fortunately, we have so much crossover with Planned Parenthood. We even have some board members in common, um, which is great. But um, we applied for the. They have two pots of money that essentially pay paid for their pre prevention services. One pot was directly from the state of Ohio, the other from Hamilton County Health. Hamilton County Health wanted to make sure that these services transitioned smoothly, so they um, issued a request for proposals in March. We applied on March 28th, and we found out on the 30th we were funded, and our start date was April 1st. Wow. So, again, if it weren't for the help of Planned Parenthood, we could not have done that. We could not have done that. We interviewed, hired uh, three of their full-time people. Um, fortunately, they were already working on our site, so we've just been integrating it, them into our system, into our staff. It's gone really well, but that's only half of the money. The other half of the money that pays for this project um, is through the Ohio Department of Health, and I have no idea when they're going to issue or reissue those funds. And so we took the program with only half of the funding. So we've essentially created a deficit. Um, but we felt strongly enough about absorbing these 
responds that we decided to take that risk. Sure. So uh, you guys, I'm assuming, are able to, you know, maybe fundraise some more, or is, are there other grants available to you, or is it really going to rely on uh, individuals and companies to, to help make up that difference while you're waiting on ODH? All the above. And um, so far, we, um, you know, we have the operating deficit of just the money that is not coming from the Ohio Department of Health. And then also the other issue is we really need a mobile test site to get out into the community. Um, it's fine that we offer free testing at our site, but you know what if people can't get there? Um, like Gay Pride, for instance. We need to have a presence at Gay Pride. Um, that's probably the busiest testing opportunity that we have and to reach the most people. So we are fundraising um, not only for our operating deficit, but also to buy a van. Um, a fully equipped mobile van that essentially has um, it's soundproof and able to basically provide privacy for two people being tested wow. in, with two entrances into the van. I mean, it's quite complicated. Um, the estimate that we've gotten is that it'll cost about $63,000. Um, so, and so far, we've raised forty. Nice. Yeah, just in the last month. That's awesome. So we're you know, hopefully going to meet our goal. We're working on it. Yeah. So we're for that, we're relying a lot on our donors and private funds. Sure. And that's just for this, for the one van, right? That's, yes. And uh, is that something that you guys can deploy uh, on a daily basis, or is it mainly going to be used in, in targeted ways for community events and things like that? For community events and to go to bars, you know, on Saturday night. And, I mean, it would be quite busy. Um, we really need it. Uh, the uh, Planned Parenthood folks were using uh, an RV mm -hmm. that um, is probably three times the size. It's a parking nightmare, and um, it's really, really, really old and in the shop. So it's not cost-effective to use that. So, um, But we need something. We need to get out into the community. Yeah, absolutely. So if people that are listening uh, want to support purchasing the van, uh, where can we go to make a donation? Well, you can go to our website, which is www.caracol.org, or um, our address is 4138 Hamilton Avenue. Got it. Get out your checkbooks. Go to caracol.org. <laughs> Write them a big, fat check. Even if it's 20 bucks, it'll help. Uh, and you guys are a 501c3, right? Yes, we are. So it's tax oh, deductible. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> Completely. I love it. Um, so... Despite all of these things that have been happening, and you guys really, just in the entirety that I've been aware of your organization and, you know, uh, seeing you guys around, you guys have really had a rough go of it uh, in terms of where funding was coming from and picking up services, because you guys started with this idea, right, that you were going to do housing and case management, and then Stop AIDS got defunded mm -hmm. uh, through the city, and so you guys picked up their workloads and now Planned Parenthood has been defunded you guys have just really seemed to have uh, the, you're the catch all right you're the ones that are just picking up these services We're trying. from these organizations <laughs> and you know it, it's almost unfair right well I don't know if it's unfair it's just the, the thing about working in HIV and this is a challenge but it's one that I love is that things keep changing I mean, the services that we provided five years ago are so different than what we do today, and they'll be different in five years because who is affected keeps changing. You know, the medical care that, that people receive changes. Um, that's just the nature of this kind of work. Um, and we have a really forward-thinking board and staff 
who are always like, what's next? What's next? What's the gap between what exists and what people are going to need in the future? And I, you know, that's, I think, served us well and our clients in particular. The other thing that we've started in the past um, year and a half is pharmacy services. Didn't really talk about that, but we provide pharmacy services for people who um, have insurance through the ACA or Medicare. And that's ACA is Affordable Care Act, that's Obamacare. Yes, or it could be someone who has um, health insurance through their employer. And um, the beauty of this is we can enroll people in our pharmacy and we are able to assist assist with 100% of their copay. Wow. If they use our pharmacy, which has been fantastic. So in 2015, we paid over $200,000 in copays. Wow, that's yeah. that's yeah, that's awesome. Are we assisted with? So yeah. So is this pharmacy stocked with everything? Everything, or is it, you just got a full pharmacy down everything, there? Everything except for the beauty of it is we don't have the pharmacy. We have a contract pharmacy outside of Pittsburgh, and it's mail order. Okay. So we buy the drugs and they dispense them. Got it. So they just come right to their door, free yes. and confident, or it's confidential. And yes, absolutely, in a twenty-four hour um, service. That's great. I so, didn't. I didn't even know that you guys did that. That's exciting. Which is great for working people who don't qualify for the Ohio Drug Assistance Program. Who are, you know, maybe they might be slightly over income. I mean, we had a person um, earlier in the year, and the case managers came to us and said, "Are you okay with this? This person has a twenty-five hundred dollar copay." I was like, "Yeah, we can do that." Twenty-five hundred. What would someone do without assistance? Yeah, I mean, who, who pay that? Exactly. I mean, people for the most part don't even make twenty-five hundred dollars a paycheck. Yes. Much less yes. twenty-five hundred dollars for a copay exactly. is on top of everything else. I mean, it money seems, should not stop people from getting care, and it does all the time. No, and you know, I think you guys probably see the just disgusting nature of the drug business right oh now just with the they jack up prices on these drugs that people need a life-saving drugs absolutely uh, it's that, all about profit yeah and so you know I, every once in a while i hear oh you know nonprofits need to consolidate there are too many of them and i think there aren't enough of us you know people should not be making money on on life-saving medications no it's just it's and, and just out of curiosity too how much uh would the average person pay uh, that's uh, living with HIV, uh, how much would they pay uh, for their drugs each month? Well, it's so complicated because it really depends on the drug. But I would say, and this is just a ballpark, and that's a great question, is I would say that people's medication generally just for their HIV, just the, you know, raw cost is probably about $20,000 a year. Now, if you have Medicaid, that's great, um, Medicare, but there's still a copay. Um, and private insurance, there's clearly a copay too. So while most of that may be covered, still, you know, if you're living in a trailer in Adams County and you have a minimum wage job, how are you going to pay your copay, even if it's relatively small? Yeah, I mean, that's, I think that hits it right on the head. And, you know, obviously we see uh, HIV in all subsets of society, but uh, I've read a statistic that uh, it's really more concentrated in uh, lower income areas and specifically in the South. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, my God. The Mississippi Delta is, the situation is horrible. Mm -hmm. Horrible. You, You wouldn't even believe it was this country in terms of the number of people infected and just 
how difficult it is for them to access care. It's unbelievable. Well, even in our own backyard, we've got, uh, there's a small town in Indiana where they declared a state of emergency recently. Yeah. Um, and that was mainly because of uh, needle sharing. Yes. Um, so, it, again, it's all over the place. But it is, and, and we're afraid that that's what's next for us. Yeah. Um, with the heroin epidemic, Absolutely. which, you know, is such an issue. And, you know, the CDC has, has warned, basically, that there's this trajectory that they can see that, you know, in these communities where that happens is um, where HIV gets, gets a foothold is that it starts with, you know, rampant opiate use. Um, so almost at epidemic proportions, which is what we have. Then an increase in hepatitis C, and then HIV follows. Mm. Now we've already got the heroin. We know that of those tested on the syringe exchange van um, operated through UC, that about 65% of them are uh, positive for hepatitis C. And so we're worried that in inevitably HIV is going to follow, and that that's going to be the next population for us. Yeah. You know, it's... Uh Definitely a huge problem. I mean, right now they're talking mostly about the law enforcement aspect of uh, the heroin epidemic, mm -hmm. and I'm just waiting for that other shoe to drop because, like you said, they they all follow one another. Oh my God, it's horrible, horrible. Thank God that we have syringe exchange now. Yeah, um, and that's of course uh, operated through UC, and mm -hmm. there were a lot of folks involved. Scott Knox and a number of, of other folks who, who really uh, supported advocated that and for that. Behind. Yeah, and that's fa it's interesting. There's the change because the heroin epidemic is so bad now that syringe exchange is kind of mainstream. Yeah, I remember um, when we first started talking about it. Uh, Jody Ders, who's the county prosecutor, was just dead set against it. Like, if you do this, I will prosecute every single person. Right. And now it just seems to be, you know, kind of under the rug quietly. As long as we don't have right. to hear about it all the time, we're fine with it. Right. Um, exactly. But it's an important role because they're literally taking needles off the street. Right. Uh, that would otherwise be just left in playgrounds or oh, wherever. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, they're, they're doing some really creative things, I think, to tackle the heroin epidemic. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, it's the kind of thing that I don't think we'll see really positive results for years to come. That's sure. how this works. It was interesting. I was talking to a program in Pennsylvania, and we were talking about another subject, and it was a program that serves people with HIV. And um, we were saying, you know, I bet you're seeing a lot of people who are infected because of needle sharing. And she was like, no, we've had syringe exchange for 25 years here. And so it was, it was interesting that that just was not the population that ever ended up coming to them. Hmm. So hopefully we're not too late. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, an ongoing issue, and you know, I think that you guys are are poised down there to you know support any of these challenges that come your way. You guys are are just so flexible and liquid. It, it it's really an amazing thing. Well, thank sometimes you. We you, need to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes you see you know nonprofit groups that are very rigid, and they're like, "This is this is what we do, and that we don't we do not deviate from the mission." Mm -hmm. And you guys are just like, "Bring it on." We'll take whatever it comes our, our way. Mission. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, that's one thing that no one has ever accused us of is, you know, oh, no, this is the way we've always done it. We don't think like that because we can't. No. It's not what our clients need. So caracol.org, we can go there, learn more about uh, Caracol, learn more about their team. Obviously, please make a donation uh, to support uh, the purchase of their mobile unit so that they can go out into the community and continue to do the work that John Kasich has cut uh, from our community. And, you know, just support them. They're, they're a great group. Uh, Linda, thank you so much for, thank you for being here today. Me. I hope you had fun. It's always good to see you. You too. <laughs>
thank you so much for listening. Uh, be, sure to be sure to tune in every single Monday here on iTunes. We've got brand new episodes for you uh, coming up all through the summer. It's going to be fun. Uh, coming up is Pride season, obviously. Dayton Pride is June 4th. Cincinnati Pride, June 25th. Again, thank you so much for joining us. Be sure to go onto our Facebook page, like us. It's facebook.com slash talking out. Be sure to tweet me at Steve underscore Newsome, hashtag talking out. And of course, rate and subscribe to our podcast, Talking Out. Thanks and have a great day.